0: Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation.
1: Hey, welcome back to the program. We are excited that you can join us and take a little time out of your probably busy schedule or maybe not so busy schedule being that uh, COVID has got a lot of people locked down. Either way, um, we're blessed that you can join us um, and just want to let you know that if you are a first-time listener, you're tuning in to Shouts of Grace for the first time. We want to say thank you. We want to say welcome. We're privileged to be able to spend this time with you and to let you know that we do have a website, shoutsofgraceradio.com, where you can go on. And I was just told that we have 125 past episodes. That is... Uh, well over the two-year mark and um, still going strong, and so you can listen to a whole host of topics ranging from different scriptures, um, different different ideas, and, and things that are happening in the world um, as we look at those through the biblical lenses and apply a biblical worldview to give us answers to life. And if you are a return listener, we want to say thank you uh, and welcome back, and also we always want to give a shout out to the uh key radio studios here in Provo, Utah, for the use of their um use of their studios so today, what I want to do is i got I got two friends of mine um some somewhat regulars uh here at Shouts of Grace. I got Pastor Joe Funicello from Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. What's up, my brother? Hey, good morning, Steve, and I have a good friend, Pastor Mike Cunningham, who as a split church personality, part of it is at Redemption Hill Church. As he gets ready to launch his own church soon, how's it going, man? Going well.
2: Thanks for having Good. me. Yeah, we,
1: we 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 tease a lot that that um, that um, that Mike's got a, an incredible radio voice, and he does. And so, um, guys, what I want to do, what what I want to do today um is is i'm gonna you know we live in a very crazy world i think we all agree we've looked at looked at what's happening in our in our society as well as others and and it just seems like there's a lot of priorities that 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 are kind of messed up and even within the church there's a lot of priorities that are messed up but what i want to do is i want to talk about um i want to talk about some good news and then i want to kind of gear it towards maybe something that that might not be so good and so what i want to do is look at revelation 21 together and i'm gonna i'm gonna read a section of scripture and then kind of push us off the dock here and and, and see what god has for us um and revelation 21 5 it says it's talking about this new heaven and new earth when everything is wrapped up it says and he who was seated on the throne said behold i'm making all things new also he said write this down for these words are trustworthy and true And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers, he will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, for the murderer, the sexual immoral, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death you guys when you watch a movie like there's there's nothing like being able to to get three quarters of the way through the movie you kind of see how it's going to end you're scripting it and you're just like oh man this is great right and it plays out like you think but then you got an ending that you're just like why you just walk away disappointed and you're just like this is like just a bad ending, right? And and here you've almost got both realities. You've right. got you've got one reality talking about the end of a person, which is like ah, this is this is how it should be, right? And then you got this other reality. It's like oh man, this is such a horrible ending, right? And so let me let me start this and then throw it to you guys. We're, we're talking about the end where god wraps everything up and and every soul is accountable to god for the choices that they made in this life for how they lived right and and he alludes to both of them he says for one there's these people that are thirsty right they're they're thirsty and they're thirsty for the spring of the water of life and he says if you're thirsty you're gonna get it and you're gonna get it without payment mike talk about what that means practically to the listener that's saying what is he talking about here what is jesus talking about well
2: it's grace unmerited favor you know we don't deserve that you know god is the one who's the giver we're the receiver there's nothing that we can do and says without payment you know he's gonna he's gonna yeah, again we're thirsty we're gonna give the spring of the water of life and um and again we can't earn that that's not something that that we're capable of we what's have. the spring of life there what's he talking about I think of what Jesus said
1: and relate this back when Jesus said um, that out of him would gush springs of living water, right? So so to the listener that's, that's thirsty, maybe they don't even know what they're thirsty for. Like, what is Jesus saying here?
2: I mean, it's the completion because, again, you have, you know, all things are going to become new. He's going to make all things right. Every need we've ever had, every shortcoming we've ever faced, every flaw we've ever had, you know, he's making all things new. He's making all things right. It's everything, basically everything you would ever pray for and um and eternal life and and life with him. And so against so those that that water represents the solving of all problems, you yeah. know, if you if you will,
1: yeah. And I think Joe, too, you know, when you look at that, he talks about it being a spring. In other words, it almost seems like there's a satisfaction implied, right? That when you're thirsty, you're unsatisfied. But Jesus is saying to those that are unsatisfied, Joe, what's coming? Fulfillment. Fulfillment in its ultimate form that everything a person is looking for in this life, Mm. everything they're desiring, you know, scripture says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men, right? So there's that unsatisfaction that dwells within the human soul of everything in this life. And Jesus is saying to those that are thirsty, I'm going to be the fulfillment of everything that you've ever desired and ever wanted, right? And so mm-hmm. I think that's that's the good ending. That's the good ending of the movie. But—and um, and then the other part is, you know, whoever conquers, um, he will have this heritage. I will be his God, uh, and he will be my son. What a What an amazing heritage. But I want to focus most of our time on what it says next. But—so there's a contrast here, right? There's another ending. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, for murderers, sexual immoral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire, um, which is the second death. Um, when we talk about the second death, there's there's two deaths that a person that a person has. There's the one death, which is physical, and then there's the death that's inferred in Ezekiel 18, where he says, the soul that sins will die. So they've got the body that dies. But the soul dies, and so I know that's an unpopular message, Mike. Um, so let's let's start there. Why is this such an offensive message to people that there is a second death?
2: I mean, it's woo. when we think of the afterlife, when we think of, of of after the physical death, we think of you know positive things, you know, rest. We think of, of you know, and the fact that you could this that spiritual death represents separation from God. It represents um, ourselves without, you know, the cover of grace. It represents the worst case scenario. And, and again, and for eternity, I mean, there's some reality there because we can't really appreciate what God has done for us on the cross and through our faith in him until we realize what he has saved us from. Yeah. And this is what he has saved us from is eternal retribution, eternal. But that
1: almost seems like that almost seems like it's, it's, it's just the opposite of what the world wants to hear. Right. The, the world doesn't want to hear. like what, what do you mean a lake of fire? What do you mean the second death, right? It, is there Is there an idea that the world has, Joe, about about what life should be in the afterlife? you know it's like in other words, why are people so offended? Like if you bring up the idea of hell, If you bring up the idea of a second death, people today get very offended. They'll say stuff like, well, how could God be a God of love? And how could he do something like that? Why are they? What is it about this truth that is so abrasive to the human soul that it just grinds them the wrong way? Well, I I think number one is
3: there is the judgment. So they have to stand before their creator. And so, if you are faced with that, you're going, wait a minute, then is there a standard that he's holding? I'm mm. not being a part of, I'm not living to. And so, that's where you get the world's religions, where they're working to get that. And Christianity, of course, is the one that says, I've done that for you, trust in me. Mm. And so, but the permanency also of this taking place, and it's a permanent thing where mm-hmm. you stand, you are judged. And there is no reprieve if you're not if you didn't meet his standard is terrifying to the world, I think.
1: Yeah. Not just that, but I think I think, man, one of the things that happened, you know, what we believe about the fall matters. Right. We were corrupted to the core. That means every part of us, even our sense and understanding of justice, Mm -hmm. we have to run through the reality of the fall meaning what i think is just in this world it's tainted with my slants and my participation in sin exactly you can't get around that so when the reader reads that there's an eternal punishment for a 70-year life lived out on earth in their skewed understanding of judgment I think people get offended because they think well how how just is that I I sinned if I live a 70 year life and I sin and God judges me all eternity I mean you want to talk about the crime you know fit the punishment I mean but I don't think we understand the 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 implications of sinning against a holy God who created us in his image and how much the fall has hurt our ability to reason and our ability to to even know what's right. Right. I yeah. mean, and so and so I think part of the reason the offense is 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 people don't like you said too, people do not want to be accountable to a living God because it means they can't do what's right in their own eyes. Yeah. You know? And so I think that's 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 a huge part of it. Well, what I wanna do on the other side of the break, you guys, is I wanna focus in the rest of our time. In how a person ends up there, specifically who ends up there, right? Because this is not something that a person has to do. They not—it's not a destination they have to go to, right? Yes. It's something that that they are a participant in. They're yes. not, you know, their their reality. If they wake up one day in the second death, and and their reality is that there ain't no God around and they're in utter darkness, whatever that means. They're responsible for that, right? And I want to talk about um, this idea of who who's there. Um, You'll be right back. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace.
0: You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation.
1: Hey, welcome back to the program. Um, I'm your host, Pastor Steve Pearson from Redemption Hill Church. I am in studio with Joe Funicello, one of the pastors at Redemption Hill Church, and Mike Cunningham, um, soon to be planting a church here in Utah County. And guys, before we, we left, um, we were just talking about this idea of the second death, um, and I, pros, I posed the question— who, is, who ends up there? And so, what I want to do is 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 talk is talk about that for a second. It says um, there that after the people that that have their thirst, um, you know, satisfied, um, then it says, "But as for the cowardly, the faithless, mm. the detestable," and he goes on. The cowardly—that's an interesting right. interesting term. You know, the cowardly are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. <laughs> what does that mean? You know, cause when I think, of, when I think of a coward, I, I think of, of somebody who doesn't stand up, mm-hmm. somebody who runs and hides mm-hmm. somebody who's not willing to, to fight for what's right. Right. W- what does that mean in this sense, Mike, the spiritual sense of how is a coward not going to enter the kingdom of heaven?
2: Well, one of the, another sim another synonym is timidity, timidity. It's, not not rising up, not trusting, not you know, and and I think a lot of that is sometimes rooted in our own confidence of ourselves that we're not going to trust in God. I'm going to uh, you know when you are are a coward, when when you are faced with opposition or persecution, and you don't persevere through it, it's not even not only disobedience, you're kind of saying, God, you're not who you say you are, because I'm this out this external influence or threat. Is more powerful than Almighty God, and that's why you relent. Having said, I mean, we've all had moments in our life, and you can repent and you can move past it. But a life of cowardice, I think it's very interesting that you're sitting here looking at look at where it's being what's being compared to, uh, murderers, sexual sexual immorality, sorcerers, idolaters. Wow, I mean, you're being lumped like cowards. I mean, that one hurts. Yeah, because I, you know, you can. So many of these are intentional actions, like I'm going to go out and do this. I'm going to sin against God. Yeah. But cowardice sometimes feels a lot more passive, like I didn't really mean to, but it's more of an impulse or or, mm. or almost a survival instinct. But it can be equally as offensive to God when you're putting somebody else at a higher respect level than God when you're when you're backing out like
1: that. Yeah, Joe, cow- you know, when I think of a coward, as I said before, I think of someone who who runs and hides from doing what they know is right. And in this sense, it would seem like, like I, I think on a battlefield, right? I mean, you were in law enforcement for 30 years, you know, when, when you know, you have to go fight, but you run from the fight because of a personal fear or something rooted in you that prevents you from doing what you need to do, what you should do. And that is fight, right? Talk about Talk about the need as, as a person in order to get to heaven. Talk about the need to fight for that because that's not something that the enemy just gives you, right? I mean, you, you war against flesh and blood, right? And I'm not, I'm not talking about working yeah. for something. We're talking about fighting for something because yeah. you are fighting against principalities and powers. They don't want you to receive this. And so what yeah. might a coward look like in that sense that doesn't fight? Well Paul says to fight the good fight of faith. Mm. And so
3: with that again you're you're falling back not well, the way I view it is I'm not falling back on my strength. I am I may be at my wits end, but I am I am reaching out to the one who has all the strength. I'm sorry, the one that has all the strength that has everything for me. I'm reaching out and touching the hem of his garment. If I am at wit's end, if I am weak, if I am nothing, and I think over time I'm going to be 64, I see more and more in my life as, um, you know, I need him more and more than I ever thought. As I age, it's like, oh my goodness, and and, and I need Jesus much more than I thought I did when I came to him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys, I'm looking out at our world today, and I'm seeing... Um, I'm seeing something that worries me, right? Um, I'm seeing it in the church. I'm seeing the world set a narrative for how you're to think, how you're to act, what you're to say. And I'm watching people in the church grab onto a narrative that is very divisive because to do anything different would mean you would have to fight against the masses and, and, When I think of cowards, you know, I I think of cowards that aren't willing to give up their own life in order to do what the right thing is. Right. And 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 so in the bigger picture, let's talk about salvation, because that's what this is talking about. People that don't end up um, in heaven. Ultimately, they're spiritual cowards. Because they chose the easier path. They chose to tuck and run. They didn't surrender their life to Jesus Christ, which would have been the more difficult thing. It would have been to fight against the narrative, which Jesus said, if you're of the world, the world will love its own, right? But the world should hate you, right? Because you're different. If it hated me, it's going to hate you. A servant isn't greater than his master. That idea of not being liked, the idea of not being accepted, right, is a strong sedative for for choosing a path that's cowardly in God's eyes. Standing up and saying, I am going to follow Christ in a world that rejects him. I am going to think like Christ in a world that rejects him. I am going to allow a Christian worldview to be the the landscape that I that, that that I move upon in a world that hates it is 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 the antithesis of of really what you see today, the opposite of what you see. What you see today is a capitulation. You see a surrender to the masses in this idea because it's easier, right? And so I I I look at this and I think, man, if you like you said Mike, every one of us have moments where we have where we're cowards for a moment. We didn't do what we should have done because it would have been hard and it would have hurt and and so we we chose that. Okay, but a life of being a coward that ends with you not being in not having eternal life is one who chooses to live a life apart from Christ because it's easier for you. It's easier for your walk, it's easier for your family, it's easier at your job, it's easier in your classroom, it's easier with your group of friends to so just go with the flow. That is the type of coward he's talking about here. And it's interesting that when I look out right now, I see a lot of people doing whatever it takes to be accepted. I just want to be accepted. I don't want to, I don't want people to say bad things about me and I don't want to be viewed as this or whatever. And so I'm going to do what the masses are doing. I'm saying, that quite possibly could be a precursor to the cowardness that ends with eternal separation from God. Because in the end days, one of the things we're told is people will depart from the faith. Now, we can have a, a, a theological debate as to what that means. Were they ever a part of the faith? Was it whatever? But the point being is that if cowards are, if cowardness is in the end, something that separates you from God, I think we need to pay attention to that because that that is it. this is these are people that will never see eternity with the lord because they chose the easy path and 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 here's what I see today, guys. I see a Christianity that is catering to a big part of it that is catering to the the sloppy, agape type of you know just just God is great and God's love and God's all and we redefine what love is because it's what the masses do and it's easier to just be that type of person. But you know, it, it, it's just it's infectious and it's infecting the masses it's not helping them it's pulling them away from christ it's not it's not pulling them closer And my fear is that we would pastor churches that have cowards sitting in the seat and never tell them the truth about the life God's called them to live. For the first 300 years of the church, there were 10 persecutions that sent Christians to their death because they weren't cowards. Yet we're afraid because people say bad things about us. What is the church being prepped for? Good gracious brothers. I'm thinking to myself, we need to be very careful with this and we need to fight the good fight.
2: If you think Christianity is going to make your life easier, you've got it all wrong. And a lot of times, when we go to church, we go there to kind of lick our wounds a little bit and put ourselves back together because sometimes, you know, Monday through Saturday is 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 a beatdown uh, if we're really living our faith the way that we should. And you know, and if if we're just going to church to feel good and to embrace kind of the our, our, all of our favorite, you know, ideas or, or passions or living our most fulfilled life, that's missing the point. The point is that we, we, we worship God, you know, on Sunday mornings, he, you know, we, we give him his due. And when we're commissioned out every single week to go and make, you know, make, preach the gospel in, in our spheres of influence. And if our focus is on us and how we feel We've completely missed the point, and that's that's kind of a a source of cowardice because I'm not going to trust God. I'm going to make it about me.
1: Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go, really. Well, foxes have their holes and birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Will you really follow me? I'll follow you first, but first let me go bury my father. First let me go sell this plot of land. It's like, okay you know what? Christianity is perfect. Christianity is not about me. It's about Christ. And it's about the life of Christ being formed in me, me being conformed into the image of of his son, me being a partaker of the sufferings of Christ. And I feel like that needs to be People in church need to be prepped for that. They need to understand that you it's not about your financial problems and God can make you better, put your best foot forward. You're great. You're good. You know, it's not about all that stuff. It's about you laying your very life down for the son of God. I'm sorry. I'm passionate about this subject, um, and we are out of time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so if, listen, if you're a listener, man, we just want to encourage you. Stand up for God because God stood up for you. God hung for you. He bled for you. And that is not to be ran away from. That is to be ran towards with all your heart and soul and mind. It is your reasonable act of worship to sacrifice yourself as a living sacrifice. God bless you. We'll see you next time on Shouts of Grace.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.